Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, and FamilyPetAncestry.com for no particular reason, just because it made me laugh. You know, possibly the credits already, but let's do them. Let's tell people about Mike Rickberg composing and singing the theme to the Dork Forest. Lo, those many years ago. And he sings with his uh, girlfriend, Sarah Cohen. At the end, uh, Mike Rickberg made up some some lyrics to the Mexican hat dance. All of that, by the way, is available on my Tumblr page uh, as free wall wallpaper that, and uh, ringtones. So figure that out. There's more to that. Anyway, Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio. And Vilmos does my website, JackieCation.com. On JackieCation.com, there's a bunch of things happening. There, of course, is a link to DorkForest.com and a, and a player that you can listen to. The donation button is at both places. You may donate to the Dork Forest to support the show if you like. If you're having a good time, I, I suggest people donate a hundred bucks a year. And since November and December, somebody pointed out, I tell people to donate to a food bank instead. I guess that works out to $10 a month. I have not made that easy for you. You have to figure that out and make it happen in your own way. If you don't have a uh, hundred bucks a year, donate what you can, or you can just buy a t-shirt, a Dork Forest t-shirt or one of my stand-up uh, records, CDs and or the new CD, DVD. This will make an excellent Horcrux. Yes, that's the name of it. Top uh, number four, by the way, on vultures.com best specials of the year. So I'm pretty proud of that. And that's on the merch page. You can do that. Also on JackieCation.com, there's an Amazon banner, which is essentially just a white banner that takes you to Amazon. You make your order, and then it doesn't add anything to it, but Amazon registers that it came from JackieCation.com, and I get a kickback. So if you want to support the show, that's another way to do it. And there's my full stand-up schedule is there as well. My stand-up schedule, it's uh, January, the week of January 13th, 2014, and I am in New York City, ladies and gentlemen, and there is a bunch of shows that I'm doing. Uh, I'm in town for for like a week and a, another week and a half, so I'm doing shows in New York City. I'll be doing Big Terrific in Brooklyn. I'm doing um, Fresh Out, UCB East, and Lasers at UCB East on the 15th. On the 18th, I'm doing If You Build It, the Car Clank show at UCB East. I'll do Whiplush on the 19th, The Slipper Room on the 20th, Lucky Jacks and Union Hall both on the 21st, and Fresh Out again at UCB East on the 22nd. And then Andy Ashcraft is coming uh, to New York City for his birthday. And on uh, the 25th of January, Hannibal Burris' show in, in at the Knitting Factory. So, too much info, but there it is. Thanks a lot for listening to the show. Let's get into it. At RBC Wealth Management... Social responsibility starts at the top. As a part of the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC has been recognized among the world's financial, social, and environmental corporate leaders. Our sense of responsibility extends to our reputation for putting clients' interests first. My personal commitment is to help you achieve your financial goals by also considering sustainable and responsible investing strategies. To learn more, visit www.darlacashin.com. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room with LARPers. That's right. We're going to find out what LARPing is today, and we've sort of established what LARPing is, but then I forgot to plus record. So Jackie Cation here. Allow me to do the round robin again. Uh, my husband, uh, the lovely and talented Andy's uh, Ashcraft. Hello, people. GiantsDanceGames.com. And also sitting with me, of course, Christian Brown and Roselle Hurley of StarshipValkyrie.com. Hello. Hi there. There we go. Now we have begun. Now we have uh, really established. Granted, we've been talking about LARPing for about an hour and a half, and uh, we've only just started to sit down and talk about it. I was like, "Well, let's talk about it again." So, you, so we've we've been trying to establish the difference between a LARP cosplay, uh, reenactments, tabletop LARPing, all of these things. What what I always think of it is is how Andy describes it, which is the costumes. And the question I just asked is, how is it a costume party? How is it different than a costume party where you're p- playing the character? 
Everybody jump in. <laughs> uh, all right. So if it's a costume party, then like, you know, most of us go to at Halloween, you walk up to somebody and go, hey, that's a great marshmallow costume. <laughs> and they say, yes, thank you. <laughs> and that's, right. that's pretty much your, at the end of the right. conversation, unless like- you want to talk about the materials or, you know, want to talk about the costume itself. If, on the other hand, that person is role-playing a marshmallow, Ooh. then you can say, Mr. Marshmallow, what are we going to do about the gingerbread man? This is the Candyland game. <laughs> Which we have started designing as of about 10 seconds ago. <laughs> um, then, you know, so you ask this, Mr. Marshmallow, what do you want to do about that? And Mr. Marshmallow has some background sheet that's been given to him, which could be 10 pages or it could be a little index card. And he's got some goals and some plans. And he says, uh, I need to talk to the gingerbread man. Let's go figure that out. Wow. Okay. Well, now I want to play that. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, so, oh, yeah. So let's, yeah, I guess we should start at the beginning, which is, um, uh, you and a group of like-minded individuals gather together and say, we want to play. We're we going to play, play a game. game. We're going to play a Candyland game. So someone is, someone says, I'm going to run this game. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One, one or a handful of people will, will say, all right, we'll run this game. It, it, uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like saying, let's put on a show. Right. It's so, exa- yeah, it seems exactly. Like exactly like yeah. that. So, you okay, get, so, you get right, volunteers so you, to help with writing and building how the mechanics, whether it's going to be mechanics light or mechanics heavy, there's many mechanics you can use in, in LARPs that are better suited for LARP because... Mechanics means rules. Yes, rules okay. and ways you determine the outcomes of various decisions that need to be made. Paper, scissors, rock, possibly? That's, that's one of them. Okay. That's one we of them. do a lot of that in... in Coin tosses as well okay. are used, and cards. Oh, like uh, just regular deck of cards? Playing cards can okay. be used. Or you can make your own deck, which uh, my husband Christian likes to do. He loves to make a deck. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see why you should call me out in particular. Well, but I wonder what I the a lot deck of people looks do. like. What, what does the deck look like? Do you, do you take right. existing cards and no, put different I, pictures on them? No, or? no. So what I do is um, in pretty much any like any kind of – any genre of game, there's um, – you know, you want to randomize things. You want to have like random outcomes for various kinds of things that will happen. So the ways that you can do that traditionally in role playing is with dice, but you need to get away from dice if you're just walking around and and playing stuff. Some of our early uh, live action role playing game experiments with the Enigma Club at UCLA was with dice, and we were literally rolling dice on the floor <laughs> in these big party in situations. It yeah. was awkward. It yeah, if you have to stop and find a flat surface, that does seem. Yes. We didn't do that for long. There were <laughs> right. some people who actually um, had giant fuzzy dice. That they would roll instead of little dice, so you could just throw them onto oh, the floor. That's literally. hilarious! Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen that done too. But, uh, were but they the, loaded? But the deck would be like, uh, you know, if it's a fantasy game, then uh, oh, you've been haunted by a ghost. Okay. All right, so let's go to the haunting deck. Oh. So I have, uh, you know, a, a deck of cards of like there's 25 cards in it that I made at home and I cut them out blah 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 and each one says a different thing you turn over the top one and it says run screaming around the <laughs> uh, around the game space for 10 seconds uh, and then that concludes this effect and okay. then the diff- you know, underneath that would be a different card for somebody else that gets haunted whatever yeah. Okay. So that's and 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 the val and the they're not values. They're actual dial. They're like like they, results. Yeah. They te- they tell you what to do. Yeah. They okay. give you, you direction. To... Okay. And uh, you there are pl- certain players that enjoy very much enjoy acting out very dramatic things. Yeah. And then everyone gets to watch that person <laughs> and wonder what the heck is going on when they watch so, them running around the room. So it's fun to have things in a LARP that prompt that kind of activity. Okay, that so so as the person who's as the host of the game essentially that's the game master or the dungeon master or whatever you want to call it, but I think of it as the host of the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you are you and whoever helps you, you write a sort of a, a an outline story about the thing, and then people submit character ideas. Is that right? That is a way things can happen uh, in a long-running LARP. Usually, you have established characters, and then there's episodes that. Uh, okay. are written to, 
you know, uh, you have a premise and then you, you know, uh, develop that premise and then... Oh, that's if the game goes more than one episode or yeah. something? Yeah. There's also single shot games that you have, you know, a beginning and a middle and a conclusion all in one, you know, four to five hour, six hour game. Uh, so that wow. you'd write a little bit differently depending on what your format is. And I'll let so you guys take over. One of the things that I would say about uh, LARP, in, in, like trying to understand LARP in general, is that it's sort of like trying to understand theater in general. Okay. So if you ask, all right, so what is the one right way to do uh, theater? <laughs> right. There you is can't no, answer that yeah. question. So whenever you say... The best answer is that there is no right answer. That's awesome. Because then you can do whatever the hell you want to do and say that you're LARPing, I guess. Right? Well, you can still try to answer a question about what is theater. You, you can. Sure, of course. But it's going to be very broad. And, and, and you, subjective. And you end up talking about, well, this is one established way to do it. And here are 15 other established ways. Right. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Aaron Vanek on, and he has a different <laughs> way of... And he and will then, tell you about all those 15... Plus another five that are only done in the Nordic countries. <laughs> right, right. This is their good friend, Aaron Vanek, who is also a LARPing nerd. But the thing about every dork, dorkdom, is that from a different angle, it's a different angle. You know, whether it's wrestling or um, train model trains. Some people, like I did a model train episode, the guy never turned the train on. He just gave me a tour of his train and talked to me about, and I was like, no choo-choo? It's never going <laughs> to get no sound effects of the train moving? No? Oh, all right then. Let's keep talking about the train. So, <laughs> so, so I think one of the things that we can say about LARPing as like to differentiate it from, from other things like theater, because one of your questions was, is there a script? Is there, uh, is oh, there right. a pre-de- predetermined outcome on these sorts of things? And the answer in a LARP is almost always no. Um, script-wise? Script, script-wise. Um, there's never a script. There might be individual little pieces of scripts that are written for non-player characters that have been set up for the, by the GM to, to take on certain roles and, and like drop bits of information into the game at, at, at critical moments. Um, and there may be a handful of predetermined outcomes, but the GM never knows exactly what's going to happen by the end of the game. There is a, I'd say, like spectrum of possibilities just you know, with with Starship Valkyrie, you're on a starship. Uh, you're probably going to start and end on that same starship. Uh, okay. So okay. if you're lucky, you're going to end. Yeah, on that starship. yeah. <laughs> you might blow up, but that doesn't happen very often, fortunately. Because um, if it blows up and you're on Starship Valkyrie, then you yeah. no longer live. Yeah, is that your, your character is dead. Your character That's, is dead. Um, Has that happened in Starship Valkyrie? There has yeah. been one ship that blew up. Okay, so so are you guys working on Starship Valkyrie two then? Well, that wasn't the start. That wasn't Valkyrie. <laughs> there are several ships uh, that we run. That was a smaller ship goodness. known as the Rif- Ruffian. So yeah, Starship Valkyrie did almost blow up one time though. Uh, the main I, ship I, of the game. I think it's almost blown up a bunch of times. yeah, a couple times at least. And there was one time it was very very close. There, uh, there have been some shocking close calls. So we <laughs> we stopped playing our Starship Valkyrie at conventions because those are the both times that Starship Valkyrie almost blew up was when we were playing games at you, conventions with inexperienced players. You, you can't hand your flagship product yeah. to newbies. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what we learned. We, really run we learned that. I think that you can't even hand your flagship to newbies. I think that, it seems like yes. a terrible idea. That's right. Even Kirk, Captain Kirk would not. He'd want to take it out, but uh, so, you wouldn't get it back. So back to the, there's a spectrum of, of things that can happen uh, or, you know, just they're on the table. But generally we have an idea uh, if I yeah. go on here, uh, to what is the actual, you know, what would be, when, when is the end of the game? You know, what, what events would occur to okay. uh, bring about the conclusion of a game? Because that's always the big trouble with, um, our games, uh, Starship Valkyrie is what is the conditions in which we will end the game. Wrap it up six hours later. Whether they succeed or fail, there has to be eventually some point where you say, all right, we're calling the game here. What what feels like a good dramatic conclusion? Yeah. And it isn't always that they've succeeded. They may have failed on a few of their the goals that have been set out for them. Oh, you're like, Uh, oh, it didn't work? So just retreat because you aren't going to win this one? Or Um, they just have gotten into a place where to continue would take hours to resolve. I want to interject one thing there. Uh, it's sort of a uh, a hard uh, one lesson of uh, game design and hosting 
is that one of the things that you you don't do is you never say, "Hey, stop! Everybody, stop! You're doing it wrong." Oh my gosh! You you have to <laughs> right? let the players play the game. Like okay. that's what they're there to do. So that means that your job was to write the game, but their job is to play it. And they're going to maybe take it in a direction that you didn't anticipate. And that's okay. okay. You let them do that. And the sort of a corollary of that is for Starship Valkyrie specifically, and maybe not as much for other games, I don't know, but I never tell them whether they won or not. Yeah. Oh. They don't often know. Well, do do you... Because my judgment is not paramount in that scenario. There are times where they don't make decisions in time to get the highest level of success. Okay. But we don't tell them Or to that. do the we, thing that yeah. we planned for them to do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the thing that we planned for them to do right. was smart. Okay, yeah, As yeah. designers, we might have been wrong about that. Yeah. And that is... That's frequently wrong said. about that. Yeah. yeah. Or they just didn't see it like we do. They figured there was an easier... And we sometimes do talk about this when we're writing a scenario. What happens if they do... X or Y or some unexpected thing. Uh, and usually you can get like three of the five things that they might do and, and plan for that. Yeah. But sometimes they pick the one thing you <laughs> thought they would never do that. <laughs> and then they, and they, they do that. They make that decision and you're just like, I thought you said they would never do that. <laughs> right. We try to plan for everything that we can think of. Yeah, but then they think of something we hadn't think of thought of. That, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. always the way things go. Well, let me let me go right to the, on the Facebook, the Ranger page on Facebook, which you guys have a Starship Valkyrie page on Facebook, which is the best place to hear about the next game and this type of thing. This is gonna this will go up on uh, January thirteenth, so I know at least you guys have games in February, so people should check out StarshipValkyrie.com, but they should also check out the Facebook page, um, which just. In the Facebook search, look for Starship Valkyrie. But on the Ranger page, we have a very basic question, which I think we should address before we get into the very minutiae questions that people have also asked, which uh, George Lefevre, <laughs> George, I, don't, I, I can't pronounce your name. Anyway, you're a good pe- person. I would love to hear some history of LARPing. Now, in general, mm. and your own. How about that, gentlemen, lady? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I can how, how knowledgeable are you, Andy? I um, I am specifically knowledgeable about the Enigma games. Oh, sure, yeah, and because your own life. and my own life <laughs> <laughs> because we started we started doing uh, LARPs before the term became LARP before mm-hmm. that became a, a thing. And in fact, before I it was the, cool, be, wait, it's still not wait, cool. Wait. It's still not cool. Uh, <laughs> what? Hey. Dark forest, dark forest. <laughs> Safe space. Yeah. Uh, Everything's so, cool in the dark forest. Uh, back in the, it would have been, it would have been the early nineties. We started, we, we, the first game was a game where, uh, a GM running a tabletop game decided, Hey, wouldn't it be fun if all of our characters, if the characters in our tabletop game were at a tavern and we just, Dressed in costume, and we had that game where everybody was in a tavern. There was nothing else going on but people hanging out in the tavern, and we're on costume, and we're playing our characters in the tavern. Do you think that the GM also wanted a beer and wanted to take this game to a tavern? Nope. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's always my speculation. So did you bring your – because here's my thing. I never knew about anything except for, like, Monopoly and the Game of Life before meeting Andy Ashcraft. Like, I had heard of mm. D&D, but I didn't okay. – I thought people dressed up in costumes to play Dungeons and & Dragons. Mm. I and thought now, people ran around – Some people do. I've been asked that question. People say, yeah. do you dress up in costume to sit around a table? And I say, yeah, no. That's no. exactly <laughs> what I thought it was. So I would have asked you that question. And then you luckily – you, you, you can. I mean, sometimes people wear a piece of costuming. They bring a silly helmet or they have, like, boots that they wear to the or they game. Carry their sword. Yeah, uh, not too sword. much of that. <laughs> not I'm, too much of I'd that. I'd say that's not common. No, it's not I, common. I'm wearing the T-shirt that I GM in every mm, time right yeah. now, which is a red dragon, red dragon uh, T-shirt. Yeah, it's not really a costume, but right. it's my GMing costume. Yeah, more like a uniform. Uniform. Excellent. That's right. That's uh, <laughs> yes. Of yes. course, it's a uniform. <laughs> So what? So what are what are your original LARPing experiences, you guys? My very first LARP was as a finale to a long running uh, Amber game, which is a, a a game that was based on a book, a series of books by Roger Zelazny. And I just read the first one. There's, yes. a, there's a huge community of people that 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 play nothing but Amber. 
Um, mm. There's like amber conventions for LARP, uh, amber LARPs. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that. But my very first LARP was I was playing a character that I had played for several years. And so I went out and got everything that my character reasonably would have in her bag. So I actually made myself a bag. And I put various, because my character like was... The 10-foot uh, pole and the 50-foot Well, no, no. I mean, she didn't have that kind of stuff. She was mostly, she was an artist. So okay. she painted the cards. She could paint the, the cards which feature in the, oh, the books right. in the game. Yeah. So I had, like, uh, an ink pen, like a real ink pen with inkwell. Yeah. Uh, I already had that. And then I, had br- I bought some brushes. Okay. And I didn't have paints or anything. I did, felt that was a little bit too much. But I had, like, some paper and stuff like that. So I actually kitted out this thing that I, I didn't really need, but I really felt like I wanted to have that because my character would have that. Yeah. Later on, I got a little less, you know, fiddly, <laughs> and, fiddly and would have just a card saying, I have these things. So, <laughs> uh, I one time uh, made a med kit to bring to a C- Call of Cthulhu game with actual little, you know, toy um, medical things. Oh, right, right. You and brought- I actually used it in game because the GM, I, I showed it to him and said, is this okay that I can really have this? Otherwise, it's just a prop. And he says, no, I love it. You can use it. And I ended up murder- murdering one of the bad guys with it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, awesome. I overdosed him with uh, mor- her with morphine. So <laughs> it, it became a useful prop. I think that's against the LARPing Hippocratic Oath. <laughs> <laughs> My character felt only a little bit bad about it. But <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So would we was that in college, or was that just? Uh, that was um, with the Enigma as well. Um, yeah, with the Enigma. I wasn't. I never, didn't go to UCLA, but I I get into. I got into Enigma. Have... The other way you get into Enigma is you date somebody inside the club. <laughs> or, or we just absorb people. From yeah, nearby. you just grab, just... bring people in. Sure, sure. Giant one big blob, one big blob. Yeah, and then you just get sucked in. Yeah. So, uh, so you you had you done a lot of gaming before then? I had done a little D and D. Okay. I really had never played any other games except Traveler and I also Traveler. Play, oh. Traveler's a space uh Traveler. set in space oh, and in the future <laughs> and it is all very I didn't play very much of it. Uh I played like a couple games. A couple um, sessions generating a character? Yeah, apparently uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I think I It I takes more than one session to generate It takes a long time to generate a character. Why? I, I think the only the only thing I've told you Jackie about Traveler <laughs> is that um you can actually die in the character creation process. <laughs> You can. There's a there's a, a long oh, series really? of charts. Yeah, there's a long series of charts. You like you can decide like how old your character is, and then each year you roll and determine what your character does and how successful he's been. And it's possible to <laughs> that you will fall off the end of one of those charts. Yeah, you will fall off the end of one of those charts, and, and that die. kills you. Yeah. yeah, you will have like you'll go and you'll decide to go into the military to get military experience, and then your country goes to war, and then you die. Yeah. Is this one of those games that you were just <laughs> telling me about that has that fiddly you shoes wear out? Uh, Where your shoes wear uh, out and you run out of rope no, and you like, die, and, die and, of starvation. No, We're using the uh, the third iteration of the encumbrance rules, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Yes. No, but but traveler. Um, People have speculated that um, that that Firefly, that Joss Whedon's Firefly, oh, was okay. was Traveler. Oh, that was that okay. was a Traveler okay. game. That oh he, weird that he decided to write into a movie. Oh, okay. interesting. Oh, interesting. Which I didn't just know got that. even cooler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to know wow. what Traveler is, it's a science fiction game uh, set in a, a world very much like the Firefly universe. And it's huge, and you can die while you're making your character. Absolutely. I don't want to play that. <laughs> I not play that game? They need some trimming of the well, massive rules, but I also just, played. Let's just stay focused on Candyland. Yeah, I, I, also, I also played a lot of um, Rollmaster, also known as I. It's from, put out by a company called ICE, and they also are famous for their charts. Their critical hit t- tables are one brutal if they happen to you, and uh, also sometimes hilarious. And when you actually if they read to them, your yeah, it happens to you. And then sometimes the critical failure tables are hysterical. Like one of them I remember, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was you trip over an invisible deceased turtle and then something terrible happens to you. <laughs> so you don't know, you, unless you say, you, when you, you don't know this stuff until you actually start reading it or it happens, comes up in one of the games. And their magic number for all of their tables um, that they have is 66. 66 is, for some reason, a particularly good or particularly bad 
uh, thing. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. It's just one of those things that they decided. Also, of course, at the extreme ends of the tables, at the at the it was a, it's, a, it's based on two two percentile dice, so two ten, ten sided dice. Okay. And one of them's the you know the the, the leading one is right, the we, tens. Anyway, we are getting pretty far down yeah, the yeah, rabbit yeah. hole. Sorry, so the whole master's very fiddly. It has right. a lot of rules and it has a lot of tables. And this is a table. Point. This is a table. And, and combat can take hours because of the fiddliness of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So there, so there's so in in addition to like D and D. And traveler and and whatever that just was that was right. uh, a role master role master and and hero system and and all these things these are all tabletop games where people don't dress up or if they do they just wear a helmet or whatever they, and or wear they, a, they, a they just they fantasy don't fantasy t shirt there's occasionally an exception to that rule but as a rule people if you're just playing show a tabletop game you're you're actually playing it because you don't have to do anything special to show up and play it's that sort, game. Yeah, and it's sort of a board game, but like there's one game master or GM that that uh, has read all the books or has has read enough to create the, the game, the the scenario yes. for that day yes, or whatever, that's right? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and some and sometimes those are ongoing instead of just one offs, right? Right. They oh. can be a one off, but they they can be ongoing too. So they can be either. It's really a lot more. A lot of times, it's more fun. If you get to come back and play that character again, over and over it's, again, it's okay. one of the draws of tabletop. Okay, yeah, is that it? You know, there's a pretty low bar to entry. You show up, yeah, you sit around <laughs> the table, yep, uh, and you, you know, you generate your character. Hopefully, it doesn't die while you're doing that, <laughs> uh, and then you you play through a situation. You have some ups, some downs, some laughs, right. and then you come back and either try to retrieve the horrible failures of the last game. <laughs> Or make further progress on your quest, right. or whatever. But you know, it, it, it's building on the last events. Right. So, and, and the same. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the 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 thing that's that's cool about tabletop role playing is that uh, everybody is imagining the same world, and it's a group imagination sort of. A, uh, so you have a game master who's sort of setting the stage, and then the and then the players are adding their details to it about what their characters are doing, what their characters are like, and but everybody has to be sort of imagining the same space for it to work. Like it doesn't yes. work if people are ma- aren't imagining the same. I'd say that's same true details. for LARP as well. I mean, you're all yeah. imagining the same world. You got to be in this, you know, kind that's of agreeing right. on what the and it's what a, the and, and it's improv-y, right? So it's the yes and you don't mm-hmm. ever deny, right? To some extent, that is a useful or guide. At, at least as the game master, you were saying that's you don't do as you don't say no that you can't do that or that I, isn't something. It's it's that also that is a useful guide. It's good for both players and referees, okay, hosts, yeah, everybody to take that attitude. That's mm-hmm. that's a positive attitude to bring to the game. Right. There can also be conflicts where you have to say no. That doesn't exist in this world. You okay. cannot do. I'm sorry. Yeah. Maybe what? But you know, and you try to supply something else to help them. Yeah. Right. So I had a player ask me if he could punch somebody with a grenade, and I had to say, "You could do that once." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because your hand is then gone at the very least, <laughs> right? Are yes. you blowing both of you up at that mm-hmm. point? Yeah. Yes. So That's yeah. So in Starship Valkyrie. You the, t- tell the premise of Starship Valkyrie just as a as as a LARP. Sure. Uh, okay. So in Starship Valkyrie, uh, you are the crew of a spaceship in the twenty second century. So you've got some advanced technology, uh, and this is represented by plastic consoles that we distribute around the playing area. Um, and your job is to move around from console to console or sit stationed at one of them and do. That job. So maybe you've got the weapons console. Maybe you've got the shields or the stellar drive. Maybe you're in engineering and you're you're doing repairs and uh, and okay. doing little mini games, you know, to keep the ship functioning properly. Okay. Yeah. So that's sort of the environment that you yeah. walk into as a player. Yeah. So everybody has their, you know, you, you're usually part of a section. And so how many people can play this game? We've had up to. Low twenties, mid twenties, okay. I think, but th- we don't have lo- games quite so large anymore. Okay, it's, a, it's like, um, is it ideal if it's about fifteen or twelve? I or think something? so. I think when we've had games that have been into the twenty three, twenty four, twenty five players, some players never get to really play the game, and then are it's a not little as unhappy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it tops out around our game. Tops out around, uh, yeah, twenty three. Okay, so. yeah, but uh, below eight. It's not really yeah. the way we also structured the game. You can't hard. really play it. Okay. And it becomes yeah. unfun because everybody can't 
get around this, to do things quickly enough. It's like actually running a starship yeah. with eight people. Yeah. yeah it, it's yeah. not fun. It, we've learned we have to just get rid of certain sec- Although, some sections. There was an exception that to that rule once I developed a special scenario for uh, one of my longtime players where I basically had him run an entire ship by himself. Okay. And, <laughs> and he, he wanted to do that? He had a great time. <laughs> Were there any other players in the game, or was it literally uh, a play a in, game with a player of one? So in the scenario, um, it was was at a convention, and like my time slot was bad, and so I I knew that I was having like nobody was going to show up to this thing. Mm-hmm. Now I was surprised with a few players showing up at the last minute unannounced. Right. That happens at conventions, and I and I had a contingency for that. So what I did is I basically had this scenario where like okay. You wake up and you're on your starship and it's sort of like, you know, dimensional shenanigans and your crew is gone. Right. It's just you, Captain, <laughs> on your ship by yourself. Right. And he's like, ah. Oh. All right. So he's got to navigate the challenges of the scenario, but he's got no crew to order around. So he's himself running around from console to console. All right. But then in the course of the scenario, he was able to pick up crew and bring them on board like one at a time. How does he know how to run that? Like if, if he, he's. He's read all the rules. Okay, so he knows them better than me. Rules on the consoles too. Okay, but we've also learned the 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 thing that everyone learns in disaster preparedness is you cannot <laughs> read instructions when things are crashing down. Yeah. Uh, we have definitely seen this in operation. I have had to read rules out loud to players because they're nobody's really going to die, but they are stressed out to the point where they cannot actually read stuff. Oh wow! <laughs> and I've seen this happen. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's why they'll, you need to prepare. They'll stare at you above yeah. the written word, uh-huh. below their nose. And say, and say I don't know what to do. <laughs> How does this work? How does yeah. this machine work? Like the, well, there's this handy little booklet here, and they are incapable of reading it. So I read it aloud to them. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. And they don't okay. even get it then. They're like, how, just how do I make this work? I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. It, it, because- I've learned a lot about you know communication and learned a lot about um, being prepared, being having training, and how important it is to have people to have drills and training. I used to think drills, right. training, what? Whatever. But no, it's very important to have people. This has got to be sort of like a huge real reveal too as to what people would really, because if you're be, if and, you're inhabiting that character. Yeah, and nobody's lives are actually in any danger, but, but you have a simulation of what, of what happens. Reaction. Yeah, you, yeah, yes, you, that's you, right. you can. That's one of the attractions of LARP. Um, so. Because it feels real? It I does. Wanna, it does. Uh, can I relate an, an, yep. an anecdote? Please, anecdote. Okay. <laughs> Anecdotes. Uh, may I relate an anecdote? During the podcast? Uh, so, all right. So I designed this game, Starship Valkyrie. I wrote the rules, and my wife, Roselle, uh, created um, like 90% of the props. Um, nice so, work. So the consoles and all that all that stuff. She, all sorts of stuff. She created uh, that stuff to um, support my Habit, I guess. All right. So business, business. Business, um, yes, business. All right. So after Starship Valkyrie was running for a while, uh, my good friend Andy Ashcraft here right. said, Hello. Uh, you know, you should get a chance to play your own game. And I went, oh, that'd be great, oh, but, right. but I don't see how. And he went, I'll write a game. Uh, <laughs> and, and I we'll put it away. And I So him. we sort of noodled that on his head, wrapped my brain around it, and like, okay, what? Are fine. So we'll give me a different ship. I won't be the Valkyrie. I'll be the, the Hydra. The Hydra. That's right. Mm-hmm. So okay. So now I've done that on a, oh, a number like ten yeah, times. You've had a number of guest guest GMs on right. the Hydra games I've, where, I've you, written where a few you are too. the captain. Is Captain yeah, Brown? I've a right. Few. And Roselle has written several. And- so I just play the game as myself, basically. Right. Um, and so during one of these games, and I think it was, I can't remember who the writer was for this game, but I remember the moment. On standing on the bridge, very yes. clearly, where I'm looking at the tactical situation. I think it was Robert Pragg, actually. The tactical situation is I've been sent to retrieve a ship, uh, and okay, you know, I've got is it basically, dead in the water? Or? Yeah, I have okay. to go rescue it. So, and I, I've basically got a shopping list of things to do. And in this scenario, I am like swinging and missing. Every single thing that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not finding the clues. I'm not moving things along at the pace that they really need to go. And I'm a player here. I'm playing a game that I wrote. And it's just, I feel like a boxer who's like swinging a second too late. Bam, bam. And so then, it's not like you don't understand the rules and the premise. Oh, I know exactly what's happening. But for some reason you can't connect with the actual tasks? 
What I can't figure out what I'm supposed dice, right? to do. You can't or I out. only see it in hindsight. Okay. Like I'm like 10, 15 minutes late on every revelation. Like, okay. Oh, that was a trick. Oh, oh. That, in, that NPC was lying to me. Yes. Oh, that's right. Shit. Oh, oh, I can't win this fight that I'm fighting. Oh, I should have activated the super weapons about 20 minutes ago because now we don't have time. And so, all right. So all that was is set up right. for the revelation uh. where I'm standing. On the bridge, everybody's working furiously around me. All the other players, I mm-hmm. ensigns on the bridge. Who are I like was the NPC firing who was the weapons. Lying to him. Oh. <laughs> and, 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 you know, by, and 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 taking resources. My okay. fellow well, player uh, ensigns are firing the weapons as fast as they can. Other engineer players are running around and keeping the, trying to repair the ship, right. build up the shields again, and we're being pounded on by these enemy ships. And I'm looking at, I'm just there's nothing more for me to do. Right. It's like. I'm staring down at the tactical display, which has all these little counters on it showing where we are and just how screwed we are. Okay. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm going to lose the ship. Okay. I am going to be the first person to lose <laughs> a start me. <laughs> all these people are going to lose their characters. They're all going to die, and it's going to be my fault. Right. And I felt real fear. <laughs> like, like an actual dread clutched my stomach. Yeah. And I went... What can I do? How do I get out of this? Like I, it was, you know, it, but I had to push through that feeling right. and keep acting, and also not share that feeling. Yeah, right, like, right, because you had to be the real captain. Yes, because it's all yeah. sort of real. Like if you panicked, yeah. the rest of the people who are in their characters are like, "Oh well, we're not playing anymore. Yeah, we're I done." Have, I have and an anecdote. Just, I want to interrupt, but after you're done, I have an anecdote as well. I've been a captain of a ship too, but continue. It's, oh, that was it. That oh, was, that I was it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I got to be captain of the uh, ship Pegasus. Excellent. And there was Pretty. a moment with, <laughs> uh, um, that uh, I on the bridge was uh, experiencing an NPC that was um, obnoxious. Uh, he was insulting us. He was, you know, trying. It is being that was the character. Yeah, his, his okay. character was insulting us. Right. And you know, and uh, I was getting upset in and out of character. Uh, and I was starting to raise my voice in a way that the whole bridge got silent. And we were faced with, um, I believe four escort ships, which all had not about nine, uh, phase missiles, which do about eight damage each. That's a lot. And that's a lot. Right. A lot. We were pretty much outgunned. We oh have no God. missiles. We don't have any missiles. So, uh, they were all afraid that I was going to start firing because I was getting really hopping right, mad. Right. And I, I realized, I, I thought to my, I, I did a little math in my head very quickly. Four escort ships, nine missiles. They can fire every 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, crap. Right. Oh, crap. We're in a lot of, if I start firing, we're dead. They, 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 we cannot get away fast enough before they will destroy us and no one will ever know what happened to the Pegasus. Wow. So I had I, w- I had to calm myself down and realize that I was going to put er- this whole ship would be completely lost and I wouldn't obtain my objective, right. which is the, <laughs> getting the ships back that had been stolen. There was these experimental ships that, that had been stolen. And I was chasing them. Right. So I wasn't going to get the ships and I was going to lose my entire ship. And I said, I don't think the Star Navy would be pleased <laughs> nor any of the players be pleased that i'm like so i had to i had to back down so i had to calm down and back down and being, being given command responsibility yes changes your thinking process right so even if you're somebody who's not used to uh, like leadership yeah being in put, real life yeah if you're not used to being put in charge of stuff if you get put in charge of something in this context mm-hmm. uh you can learn something about what you, that means. Do you either rise to the occasion or not? Like in, in like sort of in, in real game terms, do you, are there people who you're like, oh, he, so he or she is going to be the captain. And then they're like, oh, they actually don't have any leadership skills. And they, <laughs> and they fall on their Sometimes face. Sometimes they learn them and other times they get into bad habits. Like they think leadership's about control and they, the more they try to control the other players and stop them from doing their, their jobs, uh, the more likely it is for those players to rebel and start 
ignoring their authority. Right. So uh, we've had some, we had a captain that, that was trying to control more and more of the game and then, you know, being afraid for That's any of the players. It's a glimpse into their real life. Yeah, being afraid of any of the players bit. having guns because they were afraid of a mutiny. It's like, you're just making a mutiny more likely, dude. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can see it is going further and further off the track of, you know, trying to get more and more control and being more and more dicta- dictatorial and people also just circumventing that character's authority, you know, just going around them. I, I think in, in Valkyrie, everybody brings something to the table. So even when someone is completely new to the idea. Right. Right. I, I, don't, I don't understand this. Like, I, I, okay, I, I sort of like science fiction, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Tell me when you want me to show up and what you want me to do. Yeah. So that person comes and they stand on the bridge and I say, all right, you're in command. Okay. I'm going to take you on a tour of the, your ship. Okay. All right. So here's your bridge. And the three ensigns who are sitting there go, sir, I'm on weapons. Uh, yeah. while I'm on shields over here. Okay. Then we're going to go to, to, here's medical and there's the doctor. Right. Uh, here's your engineering section. Here's the starfighter section. Uh, and now we're going to go back to the bridge. Here's a sheet of paper that has your objective. Okay. Here are your orders, captain. There you go. And then that guy goes, wow. Okay. okay. Um, I need advice. I need help. Right. I mean, you know, like. Yeah. I the, love the, the idea. The first that- person, the first thing that most like sort of like generally competent people realize is they need help to lead. Right. Okay. Yeah. So they yeah. get that. They go to the, the players that they've just been introduced to and they're like, all right, my orders say that I need to go to a ship that's in distress. I think I should talk to medical. Right. Okay. We need to be ready when we get there. So medical should know about this. Right. But you have plenty of captains that. In the beginning, when we first started doing this, and we didn't even know what advice to give the captains, you you could see that there were people we've, who didn't. We've do learned that. a lot. We've learned a lot about you know <laughs> yeah. advice to people and, of, and introducing like, people to you, the game. And, yeah, and we're not going to tell you how to play the game, but this is how people have achieved success before. If you want to do that or come up with your own way to be successful, we we recommend these ways because they've been proven. But you know. Right. That's it's kind of the tone we take one with of the people. We don't want to tell Valkyrie. them how to play their game. One yeah. of the maxims that I've learned is that you learn more from watching a bad leader mm. than from watching a good one. Because <laughs> when a good leader does whatever they do, it just seems like magic. Like they just things right. just fall together. Yeah. But when a bad leader makes mistakes, everybody sees that. Right. Yeah. Everybody, you, yeah. you feel bad. You don't like it. You, you're being jerked around or yeah. they're making bad decisions or they're too controlling or they're not controlling enough. And the or, other 10 characters are in their characters as well going, oh, I don't want to work for this person. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's not good at this. Yeah. What is happening? Right. And yeah. so, but in character. Or they're that, good at certain things and then there's other or things or that are more important that they're ignoring. Exactly. And, but the thing is, is what I think is, is fascinating about the whole LARPing process is what you can learn about yourself being in those different things. Yeah. Like in start, yeah. I, I played Starship Valkyrie. Ooh, one time. Uh, I was a medical, medical person. And what I loved about it was that I was given a tour of that station because you knew that I had never played. The only other one I had done was, had been that Sandman, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was a, I was an NPC and I was in charge of catering. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, I will, I will do catering. And, uh, but that it was, it's always, it's, it's interesting, um, what that, uh, that, 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 you you can learn what uh, whatever I've, I've I've I have too many points now. One was that that whole thing about about what you can learn about yourself in those situations. It's like it's what it's like when you're a little kid and you play. Yeah. It's being an adult and it's just more complex and it's more better. It's better written and it's more interesting and it's, it's you a, can it, find those parts inside of it. It's you. a little more sophisticated, but yeah. it's the same endeavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're playing army. But yes. in this case, you're playing Starship or you're playing Deadwood or you're playing and, whatever. And there's right. no question that you can use those tools. You can you can follow that kind of activity in a very serious project, right? Like the Army does this routinely. Oh, right, right. They Yeah, they, they play. Uh, police and fire departments role play routinely. I mean, yeah. You have to sort of workshop a scenario where there's a building on fire, but – there's not really a building on yeah, fire. Right. And so that we get to practice these skills. They've learned what in drill. I've seen. They've, you know? they've implemented what I've seen is being prepared means you have to go through the motions of what it would, you know, even though it's not a real emergency, you have to pretend, play pretend that it is an emergency because that will help you when there is a real emergency. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's fascinating that. And then it's also super fun. 
Yeah. You're like, yeah, it is. A <laughs> it's lot like, of fun. Yep. let's play Candyland. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's now I, there is a question uh, that I've received from Red Parrot Smith, Red Parrot Smith. Where is it? Here we go. Um, is there any real life conflict that results? I.e., why does Bob always get the lead parts and I'm stuck cleaning horse stalls? <laughs> is it like, well, I imagine Broadway actors to be like, thank you, uh, Red Parrot. Well, I, I think is there egos? We, yes, yes, there are. Uh, there is a commonality of role playing people, I think, and you do have strange people that like to play role playing that are a little shy, uh, and it takes them a little while That's to warm neat. up. But then there's more big personalities, uh, and I, 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 I notice sometimes that the big personalities are people who want to run the whole ship, right? Uh, and they don't let other people play. They push people up, not literally, but they well, kind of say, oh, you don't know, you happen. clearly don't know what you're doing. Let me do it for you. And then they kind of play the game for that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that can it, happen yeah, and it does happen. We don't really assign roles. I mean, a lot of times people, we have to like talk people into being captain. Most of the time, very few people say, ooh, ooh I want to be the captain. Uh, they realize uh, instinctively what a difficult role it is <laughs> and how you're to blame when things go wrong and when things go right and you never get any credit. So <laughs> they, they know, people a lot of times don't want to sign up for that role. Right. Uh, that's what I learned from being captain. Uh, and I think other people instinctively know that before. But um, you do get players that are experienced and like to play the game and want to do everything and everything has to, you know, they want to be able to be able to do everything. In other words, if there's any conflict, they want to be able to get through it without much difficulty because they've played the game a long time. And I, I have sometimes trouble um, as a referee for some of these players that I feel are, are power gamers. They want to do everything. Because and, they know how to do it and they and think, they, think well, they should be able to succeed in everything no matter what. No matter how difficult it is, they should just succeed automatically. And I'm like, mm. And it's also hard, you know, because there is there is an, an, an a time limit yeah. to these to these things. So it's like you're working with somebody who's new, and you're like, I could do this faster, and there's yeah. a time limit. Let yeah. me just take care yeah. of it. Oh, that is, yeah, and that is a, a real um, a real parameter that that you're in because you know if the scenario is you know the, like there's a timer. If it's running timed, down, right. yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. At the, when that timer runs down, there's going to be a certain consequence. Like a, yeah. something's going to happen on that tactical display. You want to push somebody away then from their console. You can be <laughs> it polite, happens. It happens. right, and and uh, engaging and and sort of recruit everybody in your section to do to work together and be a team, right? Or you can just sort of plunge ahead and you know push somebody out of the way and, and complete the task. Yeah, and the temptation to do that is real mm-hmm. because frankly when you fail nobody yeah. ever asks but how hard did you work right you know nobody ever asks how hard did you work at that thing they just but, want to know whether you succeeded or failed right so i really sympathize with that and and i i take some responsibility as a designer to make sure that there's enough content yeah. to engage Everybody who has shown up. Yeah. And if somebody, if you can push somebody out of the way to get to the only piece of content that matters, that's not a good design. Right. Right. I've made a mistake. Yeah. Uh, Jim Irwin has a question, which is, um, is being a LARP game master pretty much the same as being God? Do you ever require players to sacrifice one of their own to show that they're grateful you exist? Any any variation (laughs) on answering that question is fine, Jim Irwin. (laughs) Uh, do you want to field that one? Andy? Well, uh, I have not had anybody actually sacrifice themselves to me um, yet. <laughs> Would you like that? Would you like someone to I don't know. to worship you in a game? You never know until until it actually happens, right? You never know whether you're going to like it. See, okay, that's enough out of you. Um, so uh, let me let me take the reins back there. Uh, I. So I, I I sort of regard myself as like a facilitator, right? So, all right, I have created this thing. So here, come and enjoy it, um, and and try to get through these challenges, this series of challenges, and you know, ask me difficult questions, and 
Okay. Pose interesting solutions to me that I hadn't thought of, even though I tried to think of all the ones that would come up. Right. And, you know, so that's putting me through my paces. But that sort of is my definition of God. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Here's what I, here's the difference I see. Yes. I'm not accepting this. Um, (laughs) The difference I see is that as a referee, Right, as a as a creator and host, host as a host, there's a social contract that's involved there that I don't think God is involved with. Yeah, God doesn't care if you have fun or not. Right? <laughs> oh, really? And now it's the no. <laughs> we're going we're to throw, throw down on that one. <laughs> it's one of it's one of Andy's first game design rules. Is everyone having fun? Is, is everyone, everyone engaged? Fun? Well, that's what and that's what Christian's talking about. That's yes. the social contract, yeah. right? That I have a responsibility. Yeah. That that when a player comes to me and says, "Okay, this is this is the problem I'm, I'm having," and I don't have a solution, okay, right? I need to be part of that, you know, of figuring out what the problem is. Like, where's the game stopped, mm-hmm. uh, and try to kick it going again, uh, providing solutions for people that haven't got them, ratifying the solutions that they have come up with, you know, and, and keeping it all moving as quickly as possible. Um, so. Yeah, so not a sort of omnipotent controller, right? right. But more like uh, an empowered facilitator. Uh, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe more like an angel. Ah, <laughs> Jeffrey Hughes wants to know, uh, and this is sort of a two puncher. Is it Jeffrey Hughes on the on the second one too? It is. Okay, so do you design a game with a set amount of players, or can people slip in and out? And how does that change the narrative? Followed by this later question. Which is, are there modules made for people to start a LARP? So, hmm. so you guys write your own games yes. and then people LARP it out. Yes. Uh, LARP it out. LARP, LARP it out, guys. Come on. <laughs> put your, just put your hands over your head and just, and just start LARPing. LARP yeah. Just start LARPing. So, but are there, like, when you, like, cause you have different numbers of characters in each and you're in the same, the same universe in, at Starship Valkyrie, mm-hmm. but, uh, like if somebody can't show up, like you did the Deadwood LARP, Andy, mm-hmm. and if people couldn't show up, were they not just were they just not written into that episode? Yeah, we'd have to come up like in Deadwood. There would have to be some sort of narrative reason why they were away. So mm-hmm. they were you know out of town, or they were you know working in the mines, or they were you know uh, yeah. whatever that happened to be for for that whatever made sense for that character. And has it interrupted like a storyline? Like someone is like, well, Calamity well, Jane is actually uh, off Indian hunting or yeah. on a bender. <laughs> <laughs> and you had planned for her maybe to be in that episode. It, yeah. It, she just it, can't show up. Right. It, it's, it certainly helps to know which, which players are going to show up for which, which game. Yeah. And I usually do also have um, what we call walk-on characters for people I didn't expect. Oh, okay. To show up who were like, oh, a day before they're like, hey, I want to play and I haven't played before. And I'm like, okay, well, I've got a character here for you. It's a, and, here's uh, a, here's the old prospector. Don't ex- go in there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's usually, you know, something where they can, you know, we, uh, he had a walk on role in Deadwood. That's right. Uh, and I was because my character didn't, was off what? legitimately. My, my character that was a Pony Express rider. Was, oh, that's right. Had run off. And, uh, and, and so I was able to change roles and be his character's wife. And oh, I, had, right. I had a great time because I really couldn't see any purpose for me being there except just chatting with people and trying to get into trouble. Uh, <laughs> as a Pony Express rider? Yeah, that's no, true. No, no, no. I wasn't the Pony Express rider. I was as, a different as the wife. I was, oh, I was as the, the wife. wife. As I the was, wife. So he had to keep like tabs on me because I would like go and talk to people and who knows what I would tell them. <laughs> so uh, I, I was having fun like, oh, wait, he's not looking at me. So I like sneak off. So it was a totally different role than my uh, Pony Express character. What was your walk on, Christian? Um, I had like this fundraiser kind of guy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I was like buying up land and trying to start a school, oh, right. and I was collecting money. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I was—I uh, believe my character was well-intentioned, but I—I I believe that we ruled that he was like robbed and killed on the way back to Boston. <laughs> so all that money would just vanished. It, that was—that was not just a GM ruling, by the way. That was actually player shenanigans. 
Oh, ah. oh. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> right. So. And so and and are there is there and this is just from Jeffrey Hughes as well and and this is I I want to get back to more personal stuff but are there modules that you can buy that you because know, I know with D&D can't yes. you buy moduly kind of yep. like, and I think there's LARP stuff, stuff to inter- interject. And I think there's like isn't there LARP Starship light there's Valkyrie stuff one off stuff that you can buy and just play with your friends? Uh, all right, so I, I have a number of products in development still. Oh, uh, fair enough, fair uh, enough. But generally, go to the Facebook page, ask him for. Because the thing is, is if 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 somebody were to contact you mm-hmm. and say, "I want to play with the three of my friends. I live in Cleveland," and you're like, "Well, you're yeah. going to need six more people." Yes. And uh, and they're like, "That's fine. Do you have a mod? You will right. one day if you and, and that yes. might light a fire under you if someone actually emailed you." Yes, ma'am. He okay. has a Starship, uh, Starship Valkyrie Basic in, in development. And that in, intended so, to be a rule set to play it in your own living room. Okay. Yeah. So right now we're, we've got Starship Valkyrie 2.04 set of rules. So, okay. And they're pretty complicated. You know, it, there's a lot of them. Right. Um, and, you know, it's good as long as an experienced referee and player is, is, is handy, is, is handy to explain it all. Yeah. Um, but even that set of rules mm-hmm. that we have that doesn't have a lot of introduction. Okay. You know? So it's, okay. It's, it's so, still in production. Yeah. But so are I, there other ones though that people have already finished that are not uh, yes. you? I'm so sorry. Yeah. The, the, yeah. That are not us. Like, yes. There's simple ones like how to host a murder, but that's like a really, really simple. There are many others. Yeah. And there's okay. maybe more complicated ones that I'm not aware of, but I think you, it's getting more If popular. you look online. Okay. Um, what would they Google? I have not come prepared for this, but I would <laughs> oh, say yeah. LARP module actually would oh, be fine. Yeah, that would probably do it, right? Um, that'd be a place to start. That'd be a rabbit hole to start in, I suppose. Yeah. Right? I, I've seen there's also online LARP. libraries of finished LARPs. There's mm-hmm. LARP clubs. Oh, and Aaron Vanek was uh, running some that were LARPs from the factory, which are basically you don't need any materials. You just need a place to play. And print out these rules and these cards and these characters and play. And we did okay. one that was a 1920s uh, murder mystery. Right. And, uh, and that was the a- 1930s, I think. 1930s, because um, it was during uh, Prohibition. And uh, it was a really fun game. But it was LARP Light. Is it that was, a book or a website uh, or I, what is it? I, 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 I think it's a website. Um, and you can And it's no. called From no, the no, Factory? No, no, LARPs from the Factory. LARPs, LARPs from, from the, the Factory. factory. Yeah, Google yeah, that, you And guys. it's online. I think it's just PDFs, and you just you know download them and uh, use them. Um, okay. Yeah. Aaron Vanek would answer this question much more yeah, efficiently. Yeah, he, he's, he's done a few of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I've, I forget the one that I played in, what it was called, but it was a really fun and, and I played party in, LARP type thing. I've played in some as well at uh, conventions um, that were pre-written you show up, you get a character, and you play. It was the one I played was a um, was a very very dark version of um, uh, Snow White, I think. Mm. Like a fairy, it was like a oh, fairy right. tale. Oh right, you said that was terif- terrifying. Yeah, it was it was creepy and, <laughs> and awesome, but it was you know she's you know she's you know the the the. The mothers tried to kill her, and mm-hmm. then the stepmothers tried to kill her, and she's thirteen, and the the prince wants to marry her because he's she's got land, and it was all, wow. it was all oh. full of, it was full of all kinds of crazy stuff, um, but it was designed to be dark and designed to be played in about four hours, oh, okay, and designed to be played for I think like ten to twelve people, okay, and, well that's that's yeah. awesome, yeah, okay, how about this one from uh, from Holly Klesh, my printing. For some reason, it's printed it very light. I think it's Clash. Yeah, it's Holly Clash. We met her at, uh, at Gen Con. Oh, it's the Gen Con lady. Yeah. Hi, Holly. How's it going out there? Anyway, how do you account for the fact that players may not share their character's charisma stat? What does that even – does that mean like <laughs> so, you're so, shy? Mm, is it a shy player? Is that what you mean? The, the question the, – the broader question is how do you play a character that's not like you? Oh, okay. How does how yeah. does the little guy play a big guy? How does the the yeah. the, the, the big guy bring it together and play yeah. a little guy? In the 1930s game we played, we did an inter- interesting exercise in the very first part of the game because people were playing characters that were they didn't look like their character. The character was younger than them in one case or right. older than them in one ca- in a couple of cases. So we lined up every character by age, oldest to youngest. So you could see which mm-hmm. and then there was another reason why we we lined up. Oh, richest to poorest. So and we this is richest okay. to poorest <laughs> okay. because not everybody had the ability to. We all dressed as much as we could in costume, but you know, not everybody can look like 
a you know fantastically wealthy person. So this is basically so. just an, a, an exercise in making sure at the beginning of the game that yes. everybody's imagining the same thing. Yes. Yeah. And okay. and helping having a visual representation of who's the richest character and who's the poorest character. That's a great idea. Uh, yeah, it was. It was amazing. Oh, um, that's interesting. Yeah. And somebody, you know, there's been a lot of people were asking about the costumes and and how much. I mean, it's it's all a personal choice, right? Or how much your talent is about about these things yes. and how much you can cost. And you're like, well, all I have is a cowboy hat and, uh, yeah. and then I have these right. um, boots. I, I think one of the things that uh, is involved there is like the barrier to entry, right? So um, if it's a tabletop role-playing experience, right. the barrier to entry is none. A bag of dice. A, <laughs> you don't even need that. You can borrow dice. Somebody else has got dice. You just need to show up. Okay. Maybe with a bag of chips. Okay. Right. You can bring us up. A bag of chips might be more important than a bag of dice. So now, a LARP, what's the barrier to entry for costuming or whatever else you have to bring? Equipment. Right. Like your own weapons, et cetera. So that varies from group to group. There's going to be some groups that are very casual. Like we're going to go out to the park for an afternoon. We're going to run a few simple scenarios some people are going to be in jeans. Right. Uh, and maybe a cape. And maybe a cape. Um, Yay. And, 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 and we've got to be a towel tied around your neck. And then there's this one guy who's got all the weapons. Okay. And he just hands out the weapons to whoever shows up. Okay. Or mm-hmm. it could be this is a much more serious group. And SCA? what we do. Is SCA LARPing? They're not really no. role playing. They're more reenactors. Yeah, you know okay. I, yeah. Actually, they get a character. How about this? They say they are not. Okay. Oh, according and I would, to their own words, they say they are not LARPers. They yeah, are reenactors. They would like. So they get to define themselves, right? That's yes. right. Okay. Yes. So okay, let's so leave no. that where it is. Yeah. <laughs> Keep uh, moving. Keep moving. Nothing to see here. My knee-jerk reaction was, I believe they disavow LARP. <laughs> uh, so, um, so the barrier to entry for costuming right. can be anywhere. Like well, if it's a more serious group, then like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. This group of 50 people, we're going to go camping for the weekend. Right. We're all going to ca- costume up as much as we can. Mm-hmm. We're each going to provide our own weapons and, you know, foam safe weapons, et cetera, right. as much as we can. Uh, and your participation in that effort is appreciated. Okay. Right? So yes. if you show up to that game. In jeans. In, that's disrespectful. Okay. Like, it's not helpful. It's just group it's, to group and you know sort of going in. You should know going in, right? If mm-hmm. you ask a few questions, you can know. Yeah. <laughs> right away. You can yeah. easily know. And now that brings up a point that has been explained to me but should be explained uh, to the listener is uh, that uh, there is theatrical LARP and then there's ones where you actually fight, fight, fight. Right? Yeah. Like with yeah. foam weapons yes. and stuff. What is that called? Um yeah, fight, 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 fight. Okay. Uh, Some people call it boffer larp. Or, oh, boffer larp. Yeah, That's yeah. it. Okay. But I don't know if they approve of that term. It's more, you know, it's what Combat people LARP. when people hear Combat about LARP? LARP more and more. It's the more you know but, mainstream people have seen. Do you boffer LARP? People is ask us when we say LARP. Sometimes LARP. people say. Do you go it's, to parks and like hit each other with foam swords? And right. they're like, eh, no, we do, it's, we do something different. It's a, it's a fairly common form because there are big groups of people yeah. uh, around the country who do it in, in large groups. Um, yeah. theater LARPs tend to be smaller. Um, yes. Okay. And there are fewer campaigns around theater LARPs, aren't there? Well, no, I guess all the, all the Enigma World of Darkness vampire stuff. Yeah. Right yeah. That's true. That's, yeah. that's theater. That's all campaign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And theater is more you don't necessarily – in fact, we'd probably prefer you didn't act out what you're really doing uh, because often it's in somebody's home. And if you're swinging foam swords around in somebody's home or swinging your arms around, like that's you a, might knock things That's over. a non-starter. Yeah, yeah we don't, you don't I, actually I was, want to hit people or push them down. I was scared about Deadwood when they said, hey, the guest room's going to be a, a whorehouse. And I'm like, <laughs> nobody's going to be screwing in my no, guest no. room, are they? Because I can't – that can't be happening. <laughs> Take that out to your vehicle if you need to really go there. We have an alleyway. (laughs) That's where the neighbors do it, the neighbor kids. So, well, yeah, so let's, you know, we are at an hour. What Mm. we can do is we can pause. So soon. So, oh, so very soon. Uh, We can pause and we can regroup and do another hour if you guys want. Wow. Sure. Sure, we're in. I'm sure we have enough to say. (laughs) You guys have a, All right. Oh, wait. You guys, wait, have, you guys have a life to wait. lead, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we have. Uh, I, I'm it? living it's in noon. a... Oh, it's... It's oh. straight up it noon. Straight yep. Up noon. Oh, well. We are supposed to be on yeah, the road, actually. We are supposed to be on the road. Well, it's so. been great, you guys. We'll do it again. Uh, we'll yeah. Do, we'll, yeah, we'll have to do it yeah. again. Because the thing is, is there's a thousand questions. Like, when I first found out that the pinky thing... 
All was right. the pretending to have sex. Sure, linked yeah. pinkies. Linked pinkies and uh, Judy Adler so that she uh, had had sex with Andy. I told an inappropriate story about actually having sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not great. I'm not great socially. Uh, I think that's been established. And uh, because Ju- it was one I think you're awesome. <laughs> well, you're adorable. <laughs> and uh, okay, so oh, we'll talk about that and we'll talk about the dice and the and the cards and the and the not, and it can go on for days. Yes. Jackie, can I just say one sure. thing that I probably should have said like <laughs> like right away at the beginning of the podcast, which yes. is uh, that the big thing that differentiates Starship Valkyrie from these other kinds of LARPs okay. uh, is that Starship Valkyrie is uh, a science fiction themed tactical simulation. Okay. It just like – you're, everybody's at work just in like the game. The, yeah, just yes. like the, the police or fire department could do a tactical simulation right. of a disaster. That's pretty much what we're doing in every game is a so crisis. It's, it's not a soap opera is what you're saying. No. It is not It is a much. day at work. Yeah, It's a day at work where there's something burning down. Right. <laughs> and, it's your, and you're the person that they call. Or when you that have happens. the hose. And you have the hose, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So how do you respond to that? And, right. And everybody has a different job around working together. Right. But that's what it is really. It's a tactical simulation a simulation and it's totally a LARP. Yeah. But distinct from these other kinds of LARPs. Right. It's it's less that and that that differentiates it from a lot of the theater LARPs I think because yeah. the theater LARPs are really just about you're a character in this room interacting with these other characters. Go. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, like interacting but there's not as much, you know, what was, what, what was I mean, the there's, big? There's no, there's, you don't have to role play if you don't want to. There's people right. who are uncomfortable with role playing that like Starship Valkyrie. Right. Okay. For, for example, because you, know, you have a task. Deadwood. Yes. I right. love a task. Yes. yes. Deadwood would have been. You know, there's no. There was no tactical simulation to Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there was a bit of a simulation in regards to how the the town was being built. Mm-hmm. Okay. But. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, like, oh shit is on fire. Do something about it. What was it the was one where you were in the, in the, in the Hindenburg? Oh, <laughs> was the, uh, oh that was, was a great one. Airship there. Cleopatra? Yeah. yeah. ARS Cleopatra? Yes. And it was an airship and it was, everybody was like a steampunky kind of. That's right. Awesome yeah. cost. And that, that is one of the beautiful things about LARPing is that you can always wear a different hat. And yes. uh, yeah. you're like, yay, free hat. And <laughs> didn't yesterday you came home wearing your wedding pants. I did. And uh, <laughs> he went and did a LARP yesterday and his wedding pants. He, it was a Starship Valkyrie LARP. In fact. In That's fact right. it was. And he was wearing your Han Solo wedding pants. I, I was, I was an, I was an ad, cool. admiral, uh, having come home from the Christmas party. Yes. So. Admiral Grant. And, right. And they, and they're these black pants that have red piping on the yes, side. Yes, they were great. Of. I'm like, those are awesome Starship Valkyrie pants. Where did yeah. you get those? Those are his Han Solo wedding pants. Oh, okay. Nice. I can still fit in my wedding pants. <laughs> you guys, uh, this has been you, super, super fun. Thank you so much for talking about LARPing. Uh, the LARPing episodes will clearly have to continue. Yes. Uh, more information, but people should go to at, um, you have, you have a Tumblr, you have a Twitter feed, Christian, and it is at Republic Network News. That's right. And you have mostly used it in game to tell people what to do. I've used it for all kinds of crazy things. Right. Uh, so. But also like reporting on the like nonsense world. Okay. Itself. Oh, right. Cause it's a new, so it's, it's, it's the news. Here's what's of, happening on Mars. And oh, fair enough. Things yeah, like that. that sort of you know. thing. Okay. And then StarshipValkyrie.com and then the Facebook, uh, uh community, of course. Which community page. Just yeah. Go to Starship yes. Valkyrie on Facebook. Yes. Thank you so much, Roselle. Thank you so much, Christian. Thank, Thank you, you, Andy Ashcraft. My pleasure. My hat, uh, good my day, hat, Rangers. My hat. Take care. You're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we. You. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?